Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you and I hope you enjoy this episode. So we're going to continue the series today and unbox something fresh. And um, I can't wait. Took me about three boxes the last service to find the one that we were unboxing. (laughs) But today, thanks for putting it this way, guys. That was an easy find. We're going to unbox what it looks like to serve, or we're going to be unboxing serving. So this is such a visual one, right? Like as I'm preparing and getting ready for the week, I was thinking about the house of God and what it looks like when we even drive onto the property for the first time. And you come through the gate and there's this incredible parking team that's there. And they're like, hey, we're so glad you're here. Come this way. And they help you find a spot and they help you get your car somewhere that, so that you can get out and come be a part of what he's doing inside the house. And then you walk to the doors and there's people that are like, hey, we're so glad you're here today. I'm so glad that you made it. You're amazing. Welcome. And then you walk through the next set of doors. And here you find yourself in a space where somebody's turned on some music. So it doesn't just feel like a dead room, right? And as much as that's like something we do, the purpose of that is so that you step in the room and you're like, oh, there's life here. And there's like, people are excited to be here. And it reminds us of that. You find your seat because somebody's like, right this way, have a seat. You take your kids to check into kids if you have kids. And they're, they're like ready, ready for you with their awesome green shirts, the green army. Legends. Can I just tell you, if you want to serve somewhere that will ignite your passion for what God is doing in his house, sign up to serve in kids. Because we're called to have childlike faith. What better place to remember what that looks like than serving with kids who are excited about what God's doing? And the truth is, all across the church during the week, on Fridays, there's a team in here cleaning the floors, vacuuming the seats, literally. We stopped using the tiny attachment and like, like over every seat, and we started... Whoever thought of it, I can't remember now, somebody was like, why don't we just vacuum them? And so they lift the whole vacuum, and then they just, (laughs) and it's, I mean, work smarter, not harder, right? It's great. I love it. It's like MacGyver vacuuming. (laughs) That's not a thing. Um, You know, there's all of these incredible things happening around the house all the time, people serving. And one thing God really highlighted to me was actually over here are interpreters. Today, Andrea and Jeannie, so beautiful, translating what we're saying because I'm not able, although, let me try. (laughs) I am happy that you're here. Yeah? Like, so happy. And how beautiful it is that she translates but actually how every single one of us is invited to be a translator of the love and word of God to the people around us. 
right? Because you translate the love of God differently than the person next to you. So we're like invited into this adventure where there's nobody like you. Nobody can translate the love of God like you can. And so when you say yes and you show up or you decide like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get in on this, you're a translator of the love of God. What an invitation. I was thinking about my kids this week. No school. Huh. I feel like we just left summer behind. <laughs> and I love my kids, but man, I was like, that came quick. <laughs> and the house looked like a tornado had blown through it. And I am so thankful that a tornado didn't actually blow through it. So hear my heart on this. Like, I am thankful that we were missed and safe. And we are praying for the people who were not. And actually, keep your eyes peeled for how we're going to physically and financially begin to support what's happening in the relief in the Bahamas. But I was looking around my house and like, oh my gosh, we like hurricane snack shop like five times because we got all this stuff and then we ate it all. And I was like, they're still open. I better go now. So we had like the things we never, ever have. I mean, I'm talking like never. Lucky Charms, Cheez-Its, what else? I don't know, candy, just all the things you're like, I mean, if we're going down, let's go down with some like carbohydrates and some sugar. <laughs> so there's like lucky charms on the floor. It's like a tornado has hit. And I'm like, you guys have got to start helping clean up. You cannot just come to the snack cabinet and like annihilate the kitchen floor and then leave to go play with the transformers. That's not cool, man. Like <laughs> we're all trying to make it through this thing. And so we started going, all right, everybody's going to help clean up. You're going to do this, and this is your job, and we're all going to do our part in the house, okay? So they all start going, and I'm like, this is good for you, trust me. You are not going to be a responsible adult who can function if you don't learn how to clean up after yourself and be a part of, like, taking care of the house together. So it's good for them, right? I'm like, this is your job, this is your job, that's great. But do you know what actually brings me the most joy ever is when my kids come and they're like, mom, can I help you do that? Just out of nowhere. You know, when you're like cleaning up and they show up and they're like, hey, can I just help you? Not because I asked them, just because they want to. And that's a lot like serving in the house, right? Sometimes God's like, hey, all right, it's time to step up and like do something. And he instructs us and he teaches us. And that's great because we need to learn and we need to grow. We can't stay infants forever. We have to grow. There's a stretching. How much joy does it bring our father? When we just show up and we're like, God, what do you want me to do? What are you doing? Can I do it with you? I watch our Charlie who's four and he loves whatever dad's doing. So for his birthday, because he's obsessed with a leaf blower, we got him a real one. Because <laughs> he had a fake one, and we're like, we might as well get some mileage out of this and get some, like, actually blow some leaves. So we got him the, like, Ryobi, like, the cordless lighter one, and he follows Maddie. As soon as he hears the garage door open in the afternoon, because every afternoon Maddie blows off the driveway and just goes around the house, 
Charlie, like, runs full speed. And he goes and gets his little leaf blower, turns it on. And Maddie's right here, and Charlie is like, shadow. He just follows him. He's like, doing it, but kind of like watching. He's like, Daddy, look. Daddy, look. I'm doing it too. And it's just such a beautiful picture of what serving in the house looks like with joy. Do you know there's a place for you to serve in the house? It's God's house. There's a place for you where you will love getting to serve and do what you do. There's something that will make you come alive. And you start to see God doing it, and you run, and you're like, I'm going to get my, yeah, me too. And you're just like, look, look, God, am I doing it like you? (laughs) So there's a place for you. Jesus is the example of all of it, right? We're ever going to unbox something. We're ever going to start talking about what it looks like to do something. We need to start by looking at Jesus because he walked the earth. And he showed us what all of these things looked like. He served. He served his father and he did what he saw his father doing. And this is what it says in Mark 10. Starting in verse 42, it says, Jesus gathered them all together and said to them, those recognized as rulers of the people, those who are in top leadership positions rule oppressively over their subjects. But this is not the example that you are to follow. You are to be led by a different model. If you want to be the greatest one, then live as one called to serve others. The path to promotion and prominence comes by having the heart of a bond slave who serves everyone. For even the Son of Man did not come expecting to be served by everyone, but to serve everyone. And to give his life as the ransom price in exchange for the salvation of many. This is what it looks like to serve. To lay down your life but then to discover that there is more joy than you could possibly imagine in laying down what you have before the feet of a king who loves you and invites you into an adventure story. We're no longer slaves. We're children. We're friends. We get to serve. We're not doormats. Laying down your life does not make you a doormat. You choose to lay down your life. That's the difference. It's amazing how like we sometimes jump in and we're so excited and we put our hand up. God, use me. And then a month later, we're like, I feel so used. (laughs) You know? And God is like, yeah. But just keep your eyes on me. So there's a couple of things. that I wanted to point out before we get into our points. First of all, serving like Jesus looks like laying down your life. And he says in John 15, 12, he says that there's no greater love than this than to lay down your life for your friends. And he says, you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father has told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit 
so that the Father will give you whatever you ask using my name. This is my command, love each other. So if we want to unbox serving, not leave it in the box like task, not religion, but unbox serving has to be out of relationships. So serving like Jesus means laying down your life. And then secondly, serving is not a hierarchy. It is a house. And as I was praying and asking God to show me what it looks like to serve in his house, not be caught up in what the enemy's counterfeit version of what serving is, I felt like he showed me a house. I just asked him for a picture. God, show me what it looks like. I felt like he showed me a house. And there were some people that hadn't decided if they wanted to come into the house yet. And there were some people that had just made it through the door and were setting down their bags. And there's some people who had just gotten a room. And there's some people who had been there for years and were helping people put away their things and show them around. Some people were in charge of making the meals. Some people were in charge of cleaning the bathrooms. They loved doing it because every shine and every moment that they took something and made it beautiful, it reminded them that they got to serve in their father's house and they got to make it beautiful. There were some who were in charge of making sure the house functioned and they were in charge of stewarding what the father had entrusted them with. And it wasn't about if this position was more important than this position. It was just a bunch of people who said, I belong in this house. And the longer I stay in the house, the more that God is able to entrust me with. Nobody is more important than anybody else. You just have different levels of stewardship and trust the longer you plant yourself in the house. So if we're going to understand serving and leadership and how God has set up the church, we have to understand it's not a hierarchy. It is a house. And you belong in the house and you have a family. You have people that love you. There will be things that challenge you. There will be things that offend you. Because we're all people. But that doesn't change the fact that you belong in the house. If you think you're not going to get offended, you're definitely wrong. (laughs) And it's okay. Because family's messy. But we stick around and we give each other the same grace God gave us. And we believe for better and better and better because that's what God does. He's all transforming us, each one of us. He's taking us from glory to glory, shifting us day by day. Children of God who understand they live in the Father's house, they don't serve so they can stay. They serve because they belong. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We ask you this morning to just unbox for us individually. I know you're speaking to every person. Each individual, each person in this room, you're unboxing this for them right now, just like you are for me. So Jesus, thank you that you are in it with us, that you want to reveal things to us, that you want to challenge us. Holy Spirit, move us. Shift us, change us, let your word hit down to the very depths of our hearts tonight, today, God. We're so grateful, so excited to see what you're going to open up for us today. 
In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Okay. You guys know I love a great story. So we're going to read a story that I love, which I guess I'm going to say that about every story we ever read in church because I love them all. Um, But I really, really love this one in particular. So as you open your Bibles, um, you can open to John 12. We'll start in verse 1. Cool? Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus has, had raised from the dead. It's a like, great intro, right? He, he came to Bethany where Lazarus was, who he just raised from the dead. It's like big moment, right? Anybody? No? Okay, cool. Pretty amazing, like first line. And we're, that's not even the story, which is just even better. So they had, gave a dinner for him there, which feels appropriate since he just raised him from the dead. Thank you for raising me from the dead um, and allowing me to be here to eat this meal. <laughs> Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at the table. Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment. Think about like a pound, right? I think we sometimes think, oh, this little nice little jar, like a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he who was about to betray him, said, why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Just as a side note, it really struck me there that it was not a surprise to Jesus that Judas was taking money out of the money bag, which is interesting because why would you allow a person to keep in charge of that when you knew there was theft happening? Why? That doesn't even make sense. It's not like Jesus went... I was wondering where that money went. (laughs) He knew. But to me, it just speaks of what he was calling out of Judas and inviting him to. You can do better than this. (laughs) That's not what we're talking about, though, today. Jesus said, leave her alone, talking about Mary, so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. He was like, what's left of that? We should sell it. What's left of that ointment, we should sell it. And Jesus is foretelling his death for like the third time at this point, saying we sh- she's going to keep that to anoint me for burial. For the poor you will always have with you, but you do not always have me. So this morning we're going to talk a- about a few things that we have to know to serve from a place of relationship. So number one, Overflowing is greater than overwhelming. You know, on the sign out there, we have relationship is greater than religion. So we're going to do a few greater thans this morning. Overflowing is greater than overwhelming. And this is something we have to get into our spirits because God did not intend for you to live overwhelmed by life. Overwhelmed by his love? Yes. Overwhelmed by life? No. So if you find yourself overwhelmed, you need to take a step back and figure out what's actually happening in your soul. 
We were made to overflow, not overheat, not overanalyze, and not be over it. But overflowing always comes from a place of relationship and not from a place of performance. See, what happened right before we get into this story of Mary anointing Jesus' feet is Lazarus was sick and Jesus wasn't there in Bethany with them. And they had sent word to let him know that he was sick. But before Jesus got there, Lazarus died. And they were friends and they were close. And so they couldn't understand, why didn't you get here? And so as Jesus came, the question started pouring out from Mary and Martha, why weren't you here? And the people were wondering, he's healing all of these people, but his own friend has just died because he didn't show up. It's too late. And Jesus is moved by their sorrow. He's moved with compassion. And the famous verse that everybody in the world can memorize today in the Bible, the shortest verse is, Jesus wept with them. And after he wept, he said, he's only sleeping. And he calls Lazarus out of the grave as the Stone is rolled away out, comes Lazarus in his grave clothes, and he says, unbind him, not dead anymore. Take off the bindings that are around him, and Lazarus is alive. So what happens is you see Mary in this next story that we've just read pouring out her, her worship with something so valuable to, her, valuable to her, that nard would have been worth some people say about a year's wages. It would have maybe been her dowry, the one thing that she had was valuable. And she's pouring it out on the feet of Jesus, symbolizing anointing him as the king. And he is the king of kings and Lord of lords. But it doesn't come because somebody said, you should do something extravagant for Jesus. He'd really like that. It comes because she's just experienced something with him. She's had an encounter with a living God where he took something that was dead and he brought it to life. And can I tell you, if you experience the love of God, And you go from not having a relationship with Jesus to having a relationship with Jesus. The natural response you will have is an overflowing desire to worship him and serve him and give him what you've got. Overflowing is greater than overwhelming. (laughs) Number two, service is greater than status. So she comes with this extravagant gift and she comes in the room and there's all of these men reclining at the table having a meal. And I don't know if you've ever felt like this when you were in worship or you felt like God was just taking you to the next place and you're like just getting a little bit crazier than you've ever got. You're just letting go a little bit more and all of a sudden you feel that song pop in your head. I always feel like somebody's watching (laughs) and you're like is this too much is this too extravagant are people looking you know you go from like oh I'm in this moment I'm gonna just gonna go for it who even cares and then you're like but what if people are watching what if there's onlookers but everything in your heart is screaming I don't care I just want to give him everything I've got Because service is greater than status. And there might be onlookers in your life that see you come in with your valuable 
treasure and pour it out at the feet of Jesus and begin to serve in the house of God. They won't understand the time you spend there. They won't understand your passion for it. But it will overflow on them. It'll make them wonder. But there will be onlookers. And to serve out of relationship with Jesus, with joy and passion, you've got to stop worrying about what the onlookers think. You've got to stop worrying about what your status is. And let the service and the worship just flow out of you. It's nothing like it. It's nothing more valuable than just laying it all out for the king of kings. Number three, aroma is greater than arrogance. What you bring matters. There is something in your hand that God put there. There's something he's entrusting you with. There is something inside of you that is so valuable. It is gold. There's something that you adore. There's something that you love doing. God is asking you to trust him with it. And what I love about what happens with Mary is that she just goes for it. It matters what she brought. Mattered. Actually mattered a lot. And she just brought it. And as she broke it open, there was this aroma that began to rise in the room. What a thought, right? It would have taken over whatever the aroma of the meal was. The spices in the room, all of the flavors they had been smelling and eating. I hope you're not hungry, sorry. (laughs) As she broke it open, it would have just filled the room, this aroma of sacrifice and of worship. And Judas is like, why would you do that? We could get money for that. He couldn't see the worth of her extravagant, passionate love for Jesus, who had changed everything for her. His arrogance was that he thought that he had a better solution. He thought there was a different way. He thought I could sell this and tangibly have something in my hand. And she thought, I can break this open and pour my heart out to you. And there is more value in that always than something that can instantly be put in your hands. And as Jesus would have left the building, imagine this. He walks into the streets and the aroma of extravagant love just begins to fill the air. And everywhere he goes... The remnant of extravagant, passionate worship changes the city. Because aroma is greater than arrogance. It's greater than I have a better way. There is a sense, there is an aroma in your passionate, extravagant worship and serving that you only have to pour out. And it will change the city around us. But it can't come because somebody comes and knocks on your door and says, hey, I think this would be a great idea. Sometimes somebody knocks and you're like, uh, and that's step one. But you know what really matters is when God knocks on the door of your heart and you respond with yes. That 
that's relationship. That's understanding what it looks like to be redeemed, saved, and walk in a love relationship with him. Is It's just overflow. Overflowing is greater than overwhelming. Service is greater than status. Aroma is greater than arrogance. And number four, today is greater than tomorrow. She just did it today. She's like, I'm doing it today. I wonder if she thought, maybe I'll wait till all the guys leave and then I'll just grab Jesus right before he gets out the door and then I'll break open the jar. That would have been better, right? Like a little bit less awkward. (laughs) But she didn't. She's like, it's happening now. Right now, today. There's something that God wants to stir in you today. We don't know what tomorrow holds. You don't know if you have tomorrow. Today, God is stirring something in you. Her today meant she was a part of anointing the King of Kings before he went to the cross and died for her sins and my sins and your sins and redeemed us and saved us. If she had served for status, she might have missed the biggest moment God had ever invited her to be a part of. Can you imagine? If we serve for status or for a checklist or outside of relationship, we might miss the extravagant worship God is asking us to be part of. We might miss the biggest moment he's invited us to up until now. And I don't want to miss it. Do you? So I'm not sure where you are today. As the team comes back up, maybe you're like Lazarus before. Maybe you're in the grave and you're like, I don't even know what this is, but I haven't gone from that death to life moment. I haven't said yes to Jesus yet and I'm just here checking it out. Or maybe you've just said yes to Jesus and you're just getting on the road and you've just come out of that grave and you still have got your grave clothes on and somebody is like, Jesus is like, untie them. You don't need to wear that anymore. Wrong attire. You're alive. You don't need the grave clothes anymore. And he's inviting you today to take off the old and breathe life again. Or maybe you're Mary and Martha and you have questions. And you're like, this thing happened and God, where were you? And he just wants to sit with you in your sorrow and be moved with compassion and let you know he's right there and he's about to change everything. Maybe you find yourself this morning, you're like, I do have something in my hand that God has been asking me to pour out and I just haven't quite been able to do it yet. I don't know where you are this morning, but I do know this. Serving in relationship really just all comes down to surrender. If you can say yes, you can say yes, God, you're gonna be fine. And so the team is just gonna begin to worship in a minute. And what I would encourage you to do is just give your yes. Find yourself in that story 
We fit somewhere, all of us. We all fit somewhere. And maybe today you just need again to say, yes, God, I'm gonna lay it all out. I'm gonna lay it all in line. I'm gonna bring my questions. I'm gonna trust that you are the answer. And we just need to get vulnerable again, yeah? So let's stand up and let's just go for it. Like we've never gone for it before. Today is greater than tomorrow. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.